This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom. 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 I didn't know. I didn't know one pill, one time could kill me. That commercial is so hard to watch because there's so much truth to that. One pill can kill somebody because of our toxic drug supply out there. And BC has just seen an ever-increasing number of overdoses, so much so that now when we talk about addictions, when we talk about mental health, these these are going back and forth now in political debates. And we've seen a lot of that. It was the subject in question period yesterday too. It did get me thinking though. So now we're talking about it. But what is that like for the families who have suffered and had to deal with the fallout from this crisis? How do they see this back and forth debate and what is happening out there? So for that, we turn to Marlise Williams, who is the mother of Logan Williams. And she, of course, she funded that commercial as well. Marlise, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Simi. Tell me about the commercial. Oh, well, I'm part of a Fentanyl Awareness Coalition, and we decided to make an awareness campaign, so I storyboarded that commercial that you can find on www.the-fact.org. And it's just an awareness commercial dedicated really primarily to youth, because I think that is a demographic that's actually getting quite ignored. Um, You know, they're just can't be wait lists for kids. They just can't. So anyways, we we decided to build awareness around uh, youth being deceptively poisoned with contaminated pills. And a lot of people just don't know that. So I have I have a lot in my in my vault that I want to do. But bet. that's just my first one. I'll bet. Oh, and because so, you know, this firsthand, you went through this with your son, Logan. Unfortunately, and you know, it's so horrific semi because I'm not the only one. I uh, co-facilitate a grief group. And imagine last week we had seven new members. Seven. No. It's a group that you don't want new members. And um, we had a couple that came in and they had lost their 13-year-old from Port Moody due to fentanyl poisoning. And he, uh, you know, ordered a, a pill that he thought was Xanax on Snapchat and had no clue, and the parents went to wake him up in the morning, and he was gone. I think that's where there's a big disconnect with the general public. Um, A lot of times I'll speak to someone, and I say, my son died, and they say, how? And I say, fentanyl poisoning, and they go, what, what? They say, what's that, which is really scary. So once I've explained that, they go, well, wait a minute. Why did he take fentanyl? I said, he didn't. And they go, well, what do you mean? You just said he died of fentanyl. I said, he didn't purposely take it. The pill was laced with fentanyl. And then they're like, what? I have teens. And then they're worried. And I think that's where there really needs to be some sort of awareness for parents and young kids to know that it can be one pill one time. 
Marlies, when you hear the debate now, right, there's a lot of discussion about this politically, especially here in BC. It was the subject in question period yesterday, a lot of back and forth between the parties. How does that make you feel? How does that make other parents feel when they see this? It's almost like political discussion, but what does that break down for you? Well, I have to be honest. I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm glad that it's it's an it's become such a big issue that there, that there is an agenda for both sides. So that is actually very, very, very good. And I think, um, regardless of politics, everyone wants to see change. Every no one wants to see people dying. Um, so I think it's extremely important that we keep the conversation going and and talk about what could we do to eliminate or or diffuse these high number deaths. Right, and so the politicians are getting involved in talking. Do you hear anything in those suggestions or those solutions that you think might work? Well, I I, I know Kevin Falcon um, has mentioned secure care, and I can assure you in this group there are several mothers that have lost a teen. So I'm not the only one, 15, 16-year-olds. And they, you know, the devastation is beyond. And they have, um, we do all believe in secure care because when you have a child, it's they, they haven't hit rock. There is no rock bottom, bottom with fentanyl. It's, you could die that day or next week. So we do need secure care. Um, I think that would be extremely helpful and there's, I, I really like some of some of what I'm hearing. Um, I like this, uh, you know, treatment on demand. That weightless. I remember, and I know things are changing slowly, but I remember when I was trying to get help for Logan, and I describe it as like walking uphill with two bowling balls. Seriously, delays, weights. You're too young. You're not bad enough. It's just a phase. I'm overreacting as the mom. That's what they would say. They'd say, oh, it's okay. I, I mean, I ended up having to go to the States uh, with Logan to, to get treatment. And, and, you know, that's just not an option for, for most people. Right. When you here. say secure care, uh, what does that mean exactly? Well, it would mean that if, if you know, most addicts, they, if they don't, you know, you have to hit them. When they say, I want help, that's when they need it right away. Tomorrow they might not say they need help. So with with a child, with usually teens, they're in complete denial if they're just starting out, say, starting to smoke weed, and then it can escalate. And then um, the parent is, is frantic, worried, and the teen, of course, is in, in denial. But I think it would be great if we could have something that basically... Um, I hate to use the word force, but it, it, I think with, with youth, specifically youth, uh, they are the future of our nation, and we need to help them even because sometimes people need help even though they don't think they need it. And right, so how, how do you get through to them, though? Like, let's say, a teen who thinks that they're indestructible, right? Well, that's why it, it would be called forced care, right, right? But even when you force them into care, how can you make sure that message gets through? It doesn't always, but sometimes it can. I, I'm actually in touch with a girl that went to um, the facility that Logan did in the States, and she was forced to go. And she says, I'm so glad that I was forced to go because now I'm, you know, a taxpaying citizen. I'm, I, I have a great career. I went to, to university. But I, you know, I was forced to go there for a year. And that's another thing. It can't, I, I, I like the idea, again, uh, Kevin Falcon has long-term treatment plans. 
long term. Six week, eight week, and then you're out. Every, I mean, every case is different. We know that um, addiction is very complex, and it needs a multifaceted approach. I understand that, but long term care seems to be seems to 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 do better in most cases. Right. So then, Marlise, when you hear everybody talking about this, then do you feel like it's making progress? I feel it's making progress, but I still feel that a lot of, even maybe some listeners, if you haven't been affected by addiction, you think, um, I can see why there's stigma. I really don't, the people think, oh gosh, you know, we they always feature the downtown east side, but when we look at the facts, we see that, you know, 55% are dying in their home. A lot of these people are, are, are you know, my son is not downtown east side. He was a, a very successful actor who went to a private school. And recently one of the new members, she came in, a wife, a young mother with two little kids, and the youngest is severely disabled and she lost her husband to fentanyl poisoning had no clue he took some you know a recreational cocaine addict didn't know that fentanyl was laced he owns a moving company a great father it's hitting people that don't know that that this can happen and i think that that's where there's a big disconnect because people always are secure when they go oh well that won't happen to us we're not like that but it can happen because these Drugs are just are being laced with fentanyl, so there's no clean drug out there. And you don't know what happens behind closed doors. Marlies, thank you so much for joining us oh, this morning. You're the best, and thank you for keeping the conversation going. I'm so happy for CKW Global. I really appreciate it. Anything we can do to help. That's Marlies Williams, uh, mother of Logan Williams. He died of fentanyl poisoning when he was he's 16 years old. That's three years ago. And those stories that she just told there of the people who were arriving at their grief group, Shocking. And those are the stories that we don't hear about because people think, well, no, it's just some downtown east side problem. It is not. Those those are the stories of where this is happening, where it's hitting hardest.